Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Doing fine. I'm back uh, a little more optimistic. I know I'm driving people crazy with a roller coaster of emotions, but uh, I'm back a little more optimistic that we'll be playing football. I am, too, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. I want to thank everybody at Rock Auto for sponsoring all things Locked On. But, Jimmy, that's what we promised everybody was for this podcast, we would focus mainly on the schedule, uh, particularly this schedule coming up. Because, I look, I'm a schedule freak. I, I'm just like Jerry Seinfeld said, men don't care what's on TV. They care what else is on TV. And that's exactly how I am. I, I like to look ahead on the guide. I like, you know, instead of focusing on the show that's on right now. So I enjoy talking about future schedules. Well, this year is like kind of a nirvana for me because I get to talk about a future schedule that I don't know about this year. We don't know anything that's going to happen this year. Um, But I did just get a text from my wife that said Mountain Brook Schools have announced just a few minutes ago that – they will be open on August 11th. I guess that, I think that's as scheduled. Now, I don't have right. uh, any children in the Mountain Brook system. I've got one that's in it, and I've got three that live in Ohio. But, um, you know, that, that tells somebody's optimistic. Now, yep. they live in Mountain Brook. Mm-hmm. Just have the what? order, which will take effect. Today at five o'clock, we're recording this on Thursday. Um, but you know, I, I am beginning to think, okay, I, it looks like to me people are starting to see, oh, okay, we can we can get this done now. Some other conferences have already announced they're going to not. I think the MEAC said today they're having no fall sports, which is going to be devastating to them. But you know, it's I think overall pretty promising considering. Yeah, the uh, schools that uh, don't li- don't survive on TV contracts, I, I can see why they wouldn't play. I mean, why go to all the trouble? Here's another thing. The expense it's going to take to constantly test everyone involved in your team and then quarantine them, the expense is going to be so big, you almost have to have a big TV contract to justify it. Uh, and, and these FCS goals, see, I, I, I just have this personal expectation that, that the FCS as a whole is just not going to play games. I remember saying, heck, why are we worried about Southern Cal cancel, canceling? UT Martin's most likely the one to cancel. And while it is true, I was somewhat wrong in the sense USC ended up being canceled before UT Martin. I still expect to be right. I, I don't think we're going to play UT Martin. Uh I just don't see FCS schools playing. It just doesn't make any sense that they would spend all that money and just go further into a hole. It's just easier for them not to play. But but the big conferences that get the big TV contracts that pays for everything, it's just kind of hard to imagine that they're, they're just not going to easily give up on the season. And, and, and we weren't the other day when we were a little bit negative. But I think that not necessarily things are getting better. I just think – think we're getting smarter about making smarter plans and learning to live with the virus as opposed to hoping it goes away. You can't do that. You have to kind of plan, okay, 
we're, we're, you know, this is how we're going to do this. And some kids and some coaches are going to get sick. And this is how we're going to handle that. And you just plan for it. You don't go, oh, no, somebody got sick. We got to cancel. No, that's not a plan. Not, not, not with this uh, epi- epidemic, pandemic. So uh, I, I think just the, the plan will be smart. And, 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 you know, it takes so little to, to get me encouraged. But, you know, I watched the NASCAR race last night at Bristol. NASCAR's kind of their version of, of, of the all-star game, like in Major League Baseball. And uh, they did it with fans in the stands, not packed. It was socially distanced. You could tell it was probably 20% capacity. But there were legitimate paying fans there, and you could hear them cheering, and they seemed to be having a really good time watching. And uh, uh, it, it just made me encouraged that, uh, hey, you know, <laughs> the NASCAR people are pulling it off. And, uh, and, and to my knowledge, only one driver has tested positive throughout the whole NASCAR season. And uh, yeah, they've, they've figured it out. So, uh, so I think football can too. I definitely think so. And, you know, I thought of something while you were talking about um, UT Martin. I wonder, and this probably is is way too outside the box to actually happen, but I think it'd be interesting if you had a team like a UT Martin that said, okay, yeah, you're right, the expense and the this and that, but TV is going to be hurting for content because if the SEC and the Big 12 or the and you know or the and maybe the Big Ten are the only ones playing. We're going to need they're going to need some more games. So what if UT Martin said, "I got an idea. We're going to go play. We're going to go absorb however many ass kickings we need to, but everybody needs to pay us <laughs> double what we are going to get paid." And you know that TV may go for that, but I mean UT Martin's schedule may be Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, LSU, uh, Georgia, and Florida. But they, they could actually make some money on this if, uh, if they played their cards right. But They would have bigger health problems than COVID-19. <laughs> That's true. I, I mean, you know, they'd probably be like, you'd have guys trying to get infected. They're over there licking doorknobs and everything else. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm optimistic me, me... For, for any number of reasons, but, 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 uh, one one quick thing before we talk about the great people at Rock Auto and the great uh, products you can buy online. Uh, this weekend, this upcoming weekend is is the Memorial PGA Tournament. Uh, NASCAR is going to race in Texas. That's kind of the only big sporting events this weekend. But the weekend after that, Major League Baseball. The weekend after that, the NBA and the NHL. The weekend after that, Alabama's on the practice practicing for the season. So, I mean – the sports season is now right on top of us. And, and what we need to hope for as sports fans is each new sport that plays that they can keep it going. Cause I think it would build momentum for all of the sports leagues. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, if we don't need some kind of mass outbreak after any of these sports, cause that would be devastating to college football because it is exactly really going to be the last one to, to come to fruition. But I do want to talk about the good people at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. They're the absolute best. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. Go check them out. You can get tires. You can get hubcaps, headlights, visors, uh, windshield wipers, side mirrors, 
Whatever the heck you need for your car, Rock Auto's got it. If Rock Auto doesn't have it, your car doesn't need it. That's that's the bottom line. Listen, there was a guy, I did a fountain installation yesterday in West Virginia. And there was a guy that, that, that brought his 1916 Ford, whatever the hell it was, over there. He drove it over there. He drove it. And I asked him, I said, man, how did you restore this thing? He said, I've had it forever. I said, where did you get your car parts to do this? He said, rockauto.com. I said, no kidding. He said, now nah, I just listen to your podcast. I'm teasing with you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's even stranger. But, no, you could have gotten the part that he needed from Rock Auto. And it is true that I did see a guy with a Ford from 1916, and I did totally forget to ask him if he got any parts from Rock Auto. I should have. But I bet you Rock Auto. It was a good story. Yeah, the way you told it was better than real life. I had to go in there for a second. (laughs) All right, Jimmy, let's talk about – God almighty, somebody just flipped something. Holy cow. I might keep this in the podcast. We are. What happened? Like a piece of rubber went flying up in the road. I'm on the. I'm on. I'm in my car, people. A piece of rubber went flying up in the road and hit my windshield from the truck in front of me. My God, that scared the oh, crap man. out of me. Oh man, that's terrible. Somebody's <laughs> going to get pregnant. I'm just going to keep this in the podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, look. I think those. If we ever do a blooper reel, that'll be in it. So, um, Jimmy, <laughs> let's do talk about the schedule a little bit because. Yep. Okay. What could happen here? Let's let's pretend, let's pin like that things are going really well and that we are going to have a season. And all of a sudden, you know, the Pac-12 maybe looks like they probably jumped the gun a little bit in terms of canceling uh, the the at least the non-conference games. And who can? What do we do here? Do you think it would be more feasible for somebody like TCU to meet us in Dallas or TCU to come to Tuscaloosa? or us to go to TCU, what, what would be the thing here? I would think, and since it's hastily arranged, uh, this is what, this is what I here, – here's my best bet right now in terms of what the SEC is going to settle on. I can't speak for all the other leagues. I think the SEC is going to go with an 8-2 format, meaning that the SEC games as scheduled uh, will, will be played. They, they might move the dates – uh, in a way, maybe move everything up to or or, or back. Uh, I, I don't know, but it, the dates may change. But I think we'll play the eight SEC games that were scheduled to play, not adding any or taking any away. But in addition to those eight SEC games, there will be two non-conference games. Uh, one, one at least one against another Power Five team. Uh, Alabama would need to add one because we lost our own, only Power 5 game. As for the second game, it can be against a group of five or FCS, whoever's available and playing. Uh, or, or maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe it's impossible to schedule and, and no one's going to be docked for that uh, if you can't schedule one because maybe some other leagues aren't playing. But I, that, that's how I think it's going to be. I, I, I think Alabama is going to add a Power 5 team uh, and it makes sense that it would be a Big 12 or ACC team that has lost uh, a game against a Big 10 or Pac-12 opponent, and uh, and we could play them. Now, I don't know how hastily you can arrange to play in a neutral field. I don't know if it's easy in Alabama's case 
because there's Alabama's already scheduled a game in Dallas. I don't know. I, I don't know about the logistics of that. So I wouldn't be shocked if it ended up being a home or a road game for Alabama in that first game. Uh, but I, I suspect that it's going to happen. We'll have a surprise opponent. I mean, if we all had to bet a dollar today, I mean, the dollar you bet is on TCU, right? I mean, we know that they're playing Cal the same day we were playing USC, so they're available. We're already headed in that direction. <laughs> uh, it, it just makes sense. But I also wouldn't wouldn't put that – I'm not betting more than a dollar on it because, you know, there's so many moving parts to this thing. So that's what I think is going to happen. The SEC will stick with eight games, and then they'll play two non-conference games. Uh, and that will open up at least three weekends would be then open – and you you have those three weekends as replacement weekends in case some some games got postponed due to a breakout because maybe they'll have a rule that says hey if you have x if you have so many players quarantined or out um if you have so many players quarantined or out you don't have to play you can choose to postpone uh that might be a rule and if so I don't know how many kids that would be, maybe 15. I don't know. Uh, but that, that's kind of what I'm guessing is, is, is the plan, right? Um, it, it, I know that opens up another 50 questions that I don't have answered. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of guessing based on all that I read and know and, and guess. Uh, that, that's what I'm guessing the plan is right now. Uh, yeah, and I've, I've also had the idea of maybe like a floating schedule. You do the – the schedule in, in kind of like pods and you say, okay, for the first four weeks, um, these four teams and these four teams and these four teams, you know, out of their 14 SEC teams, and maybe you break it out some other way, but you, you say these teams are all playing each other, like in this group. And then we're going to see how things are, and then we're going to have the next pod, you know, and, and so we'll mix those teams up. I don't know how in the hell that would work. I mean, you'd, there'd be some bye weeks you have to mix in, obviously, and some other things. I, I really don't know how it would work. But I, I could see something like that coming to fruition because there, there's so many unknowns now. You know, we've been told forever that these schedules are done so far out in advance because of planning and this and that. It's going to be kind of funny to see if they pull all this off Everybody's going to start saying, "Hey, y'all need to quit telling us that you have to ske- that you had Southern Miss on the schedule for ten years, and you got to play Southern Miss for all the planning and shit." When we just threw a schedule together as quickly as we possibly could, and it worked out great. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the, the old argument yeah. of the old argument of, "Hey, I'm sorry, our schedule's so weak. We had no idea that uh, Murray mm. State wasn't going to be worth a shit. I thought they were about to be a powerhouse." No, yeah, well, that argument's going to go out the window. It's exactly what you're saying. I think it's going to be applicable in so many areas of our lives. I think the pandemic has forced such massive change in every area of our lives. We're going to find in about in a year when things are back to completely normal, when we go back to normal life, I think many of the changes that we've all made in every facet of our lives are going to stick. Some of them will, particularly in corporate America. I think there'll be more people who work from home as businesses found they can do it cheaper and more efficiently. There's, there's just, you know, we, we've had to do things a different way and, and we might find 
that in, in a lot of these instances that it, what we found was a better way, a better way to do things. And uh, so I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if maybe maybe football scheduling will be one of those things. Hey, uh, we threw it together pretty quick and it worked out just fine. So true. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about a few other odd and end things here for the third segment. Um, Derrick Henry got paid. He got $50 million and um, over four years, I think 26 of it guaranteed. Fantastic for him. Now, I have listened to Sports Talk Radio today, and um, I've had, I've heard a lot of guys say, hey, you know, his contract is not, is, is not super for him. It's, it's really good for the team, and it's pretty good for him, but it's not probably what he deserves. And I think they all came to the conclusion that, you know, running back just doesn't pay like it used to pay. Um, and I, I can't help – I understand I understand it from a business standpoint of, hey, you need to go out there and get the money that you can get, and, you know, you, you're worth what somebody will pay you, and et cetera, et cetera. But it's hard for me to feel sorry for Derrick Henry for getting $50 million. And um, at the same time, I'm looking over there at Dak Prescott and they went on about Dak Prescott saying, you know, hey, 30 million a year just isn't enough. I need 40 million a year. I mean, and I was thinking this is, that sounds like, a, he sounds like a jackass, even though his um, agent is probably telling him, yeah, that's what you need to do, get your 40 million a year. And again, I understand it. It's just that, um, Right now, in this particular economic climate, because of this pandemic, I wonder if that's not a horrible look. And meanwhile, Derrick Henry comes out looking like a benevolent uh, player who's just, oh, thank you, sir. You know, he gets $50 million. Nobody's like, man, he's a good guy. He took one for the team. You know? <laughs> Football contracts are weird. I mean, they're not fully guaranteed like like basketball and baseball contracts for veterans or all, all every dime of it's fully guaranteed and they're not in football only portions of the contract so sometimes with these football contracts you hear these numbers like Derek's getting 50 million and then, then, then 10 years from now we'll find out yeah it's not a 50 million dollar deal I, I got about 28 million of it and you're like why did they tell us 50 <laughs> you know what I'm saying I mean football Football contracts are, are different than uh, than basketball and baseball, and it's uh, sort of tough to follow. But no doubt, uh, Derek and his uh, representation are happy, or they wouldn't have signed the deal. And uh, it's so great that we get to see these kids, you know, being college football fans. We, we get to know them when they're in the tenth or eleventh grade, and we cheer for them, and they commit to us, and and, and we know so much about their life. And 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 some of them, like Derek, grew up, you know, not not you know, with, with a difficult situation uh, financially and uh, boy, to watch them become multimillionaires and successful and famous and, and, and to be such good kids, like, cause Derek's just a great guy. Uh, man, it's, it's just fun. It's, it's one of the fun parts of being a college football fan is, Hey, we, we've, we, we've known this kid since he was in the 10th or 11th grade. In honor of his uh, signing yesterday, a lot of people reposted the 99-yard run he had against the Jaguars. And he, he had another run of like 90-something yards against the Jaguars, I think, not too terribly long ago. But I, I remember watching that live, and it was 
frankly, one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen because he should have been tackled multiple times. And he uh, just he ran through, uh, ran past, and stiff-armed his way all the way to the end zone from 99 yards out. It was, it was insane. And it made me think, of all the freaks Nick Saban's had, and there have been a bunch of them, I, I'm not sure that Henry isn't the biggest freak of all. I mean, Julio's up there, okay? I think Julio's definitely on the list. Um, boy, I want to put Reuben Foster on there in a sense, but he may not be, like, tall enough. I mean, I think right. you need to be – Henry might be the biggest freak we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I think if we're going to measure a freak in terms of the size, speed, athleticism package, it's it's hard to imagine Derek not being the freakiest of all of them. And, hey, I mean, I was – Wrong to an extent. I wasn't loud about it, and his senior film changed things for me a little bit, but I was one of those guys. I've watched recruiting film a long time, and when I saw Derek play as sophomore and junior or watching his tape, you know, back then, I'm like, he's probably going to be an H-back. I I didn't really see him sticking, you know, uh, at running back because he was just so big, and you just and, and again, I'm always big on this. You guys know that listen to us every day. I'm big talking about rules versus exceptions. Derek is an exception to the rule. There are there are not backs as big as he is in the NFL. He is an exception, and those guys make me nervous when you're talking about projecting them at the next level. I'm always going to side with the rule and not the exceptions because the exceptions that's the hardest call to make. I mean, I say this all the time. You go the other way with an exception is this, and boy, Luke, Luke Luke, watches a ton of high school football. He can attest to this. Luke, how many running backs in the state of Alabama, in this state, how many running backs on their starting high school team are about 5'9 and 180 pounds, but they're really good high school backs, really good. I'm talking about guys that every week rush for 100 yards. They help their team win the games. They're fun to watch. They're good football players, and they're 5'9", 180. How many of those kids are in the state of Alabama? Tons. Now, There's my tons. math is not great, but it's 122%. <laughs> There's tons of 5'9", 180-pound running backs who all kind of run 4'7"-ish, honestly, and they're great high school backs. Okay, so let's say that in any given class, there's 30 of them and they're identical in terms of size, speed, everything. You know how many of those 30 will be a really good SEC player? One of them. One. That's right. And who the, who the hell knows which one? Who knows? That's why I stay away from all of them because I'm like, I'm not going to bet on which one of these guys ends up being good because there's a thousand of them and they all look the same. Um, so that's that's an example in the other direction about rules versus acceptance. The rule is five nine one hundred eighty pound guys uh, running backs aren't going to be successful in the SEC. And then boom, you you find one because because someone becomes that guy and is. But it's a hell of a thing to guess which one it is. And and with Derrick Henry, he was an exception. I mean, you know, when I say when I say hey. Uh, Man, I know this guy in high school that's 6'3", 238. He runs like a 4'6", your, your immediate thing is, oh, man, he is an incredible linebacker. What a linebacker. Well, no, he's a running back. 
you'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> there's, there's no running back with those measurables in this league. So you're kind of crazy to bet on him. But I talked to a coach back then, keep on the Derek thing. I talked to a coach back then, and uh, I said, you know, do you think Derrick Henry is a, is a linebacker? And what he said stuck with me, and he was right. He's like, well, this is the way we look at it. We, we went back and talked to middle school and uh, ends up, he's like the best middle school running back anybody had ever seen. And in high school, he rushed for more yards playing running back than any running back in the history of high school football in the United States. So I think what we're going to do first is try him at running back. <laughs> he's been the best. He's been the best anyone's ever seen all the way up till now. So we're going to try him at running back. And Gosh, I guess that makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? And that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, he, yep. Because I bet Aaron Rodgers can punt the shit out of the football, but nobody's ever going to know it. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's right. Up, I, here's one other thing I just thought about, Henry. Um, boy, how many games do you think he scored Alabama's final touchdown? <laughs> now, um. I, I can I can think the Auburn game in Auburn. 2015 for sure. The kind of won the Heisman that night, really. Kind of won the Heisman yeah. against Auburn. The Clemson National Championship game where during his Heisman season that same year. Um, the LSU game that year, I think he scored the final touchdown. Uh, the Michigan State playoff game, he scored the final touchdown. Um, I think in the Oklahoma Sugar Bowl that we lost, he scored the final touchdown for us. Um, he did. It, it, he did. Just t- it sort of tells you what kind of gamer he is, too. Um, I, I can't remember all the other ones. You know, uh, he. I don't think he scored the final touchdown against Wisconsin. I think he scored – I know he scored two long touchdowns. He might have scored three. But um, I don't think he was the final touchdown. I can't remember. But it just – you know, he did most of this most of this work in one year, and um, yep. when one guy keeps scoring the same touch, I mean, the the last touchdown for you every time to essentially a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boy, I well, thought of that before. Maybe I'm, I think maybe part I'm of it smarter is, and I give myself a credit more. I think I think it's the nature of Alabama's offense when we had Derek is. We were sort of a sledgehammer. I mean, I mean, we spread it around, and, and you know, we spread it around. You know, Blake Sims, we, we definitely ran sort of a spread in, in 14. And in 15, we, we had a lot of spread concepts, but we sort of went back to a more pro-style sledgehammer with uh, the big quarterback, Coker, who's a pro-style guy, and, and, and the huge NFL running back, Henry. So, you know, I, I think to some extent it's kind of the nature of Alabama's offense. And, and, and you know, I've been a big fan if I was a coach, my philosophy, you know, I kind of get this from the NFL really, but my general offensive philosophy is throw to the lead and then run to the win. And I think Alabama at its best has kind of been that way where we, in the first half of games, we're, we're unpredictable and we do throw it quite a bit. We make a lot of big plays and, and then we get a lead and then we just turn it over to the defense and the running game and we shorten the game and suffocate you to death like a boa constrictor. I mean, you know, we threw the lead and then we ran to the win. And I think when you, when you do that to perfection, 
what happens is Derrick Henry scores the last touchdown in the game because you're just you've just boa constricted him to death. He you won it with your defense and you you turned it over to Derrick in the second half. And I wish we'd get back to that a little bit. Two stats I'll give you today that shows that we've gotten away from that. How about this? Najee Harris, Najee Harris has averaged 6.1 yards per carry in his career. I mean, that's amazing when you think about it, isn't it? Every single time we've handed the ball to Najee Harris in his career at Alabama, he had it all up 6.1 yards per carry. Yet last year. And I wonder year, what his longest run is. <laughs> seven yards. <laughs> when you, when you yeah, you're right. You're right. I think his longest run is 35 yards. I think. So it's just incredible that he has that yard per carry average. Yet last year, when he was the back, and we didn't really have a last year. The number two back was Brian Robinson, and it seemed like there were games that we never gave Brian the ball because he wasn't doing much. But Najee still only averaged 16 carries per game last year. Just 16. Doesn't it feel like we should give the ball to Najee a hell of a lot more than we do? I mean, well, just kind of weird. You got two of them back there, but when you got two and you got Devontae and you got Jerry Judy and you got um, Henry Ruggs, I mean, Jalen Waddle, you're going to sling the rock to them. And and you had Tua. Now, I guess where it really did sort of come to bite us, there were some times we probably could have handed off a little bit and, and solidified something instead of using Tua so much to that degree. But I think we were, in a way, even if it was subconscious, trying to win Tua the Heisman. And I, we had a good shot at it until he got hurt, and there we go. But um, well, I'm about Tua's to was our best player. Of, uh, Isn't it crazy that Najee's never been the best player on the team? I mean, Najee would be the best crazy. player on 95% of the teams in the country. But Najee, who's probably going to leave, maybe as our all-time leading rusher, Najee's never been the best player on our team. It's always oh, been no. two or, or one of the wideouts. All right, Jimmy, I'm about to run out of valuable uh, cellular uh, space here because I'm, I'm in the bowels of Alabama. I drove down let's, from West Virginia today. Let's give um, the people another pod tomorrow. Let's, let's, let's try and do that. Yeah, let's give the people, people what they demand. Here. Well, we, we're right. here to serve. Hopefully something will happen. We're here to serve. Um, all right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.